Good afternoon, everybody. This is Joe Cunningham back with you again today for the second time today. Thank you very much to everybody who was listening and participating through the app and through phone calls during Katie and his morning news. It was fun to get to host that one today, even though I was flying solo. Don't worry, Mark is with me tomorrow. We'll have a fun time there as well. But right now, let's get to your news of the day. There is plenty still to talk about. I mentioned this story this morning. I I wrote about it up at Red State, redstate.com. You can find it there. The, The Biden administration has maintained that Biden is not going to accept anything other than a clean debt ceiling increase. But those words don't actually match what Biden himself is saying. Biden said that he would be happy to meet with McCarthy, but not on whether or not the debt limit gets extended. That's a bit different than saying that you're not going to negotiate on anything other than a clean debt ceiling bill. I've mentioned before that Biden is very much a senator that feels compelled to get something done, isn't actually just going to say we need to do something, but actually will feel compelled to do it. He comes from an era of U.S. senator that feels compelled to get something done and that the grandstanding is just part of the eventual negotiation. The modern politician in the Democratic Party especially, but in both parties, let's be fair, feels that the grandstanding is all you need to do. You just need to grandstand, get the talking point out there so you can raise money off of it and then keep grandstanding for as long as you want to stay in power. It's the power and influence of the role, not actually getting something done that attracts most of the politicians these days. So Joe Biden's saying that he's going to meet with, I mean, he's invited all four congressional leaders, Hakeem Jeffries and Chuck Schumer on the Democratic side and Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell on the Republican side. He's invited all four. But it's the negotiation with Kevin McCarthy that is drawing all of the attention. Mitch McConnell has essentially said he backs Kevin McCarthy's play, and he's encouraged Biden to negotiate with McCarthy. Jeffries and Schumer are still of the opinion that we need to be, or that they need to be playing hardball with the Republicans to only go after a clean debt ceiling bill. That's not going to happen. You're not going to get that. Here's the issue. Kevin McCarthy has called the Democrats bluff. The Democrats were saying, you don't have a plan. You don't have a plan. There is no plan. Present the plan, then we'll talk. And then Kevin McCarthy presented a plan. And the Democrats did not think he was going to be able to. But he presented a plan. And what's more, he got that plan passed in a House that is slight majority Republican, but still very divided among those Republican congressmen. There are different conservative ideologies at play here. McCarthy is one of the traditional big government Republicans who likes the size and scope of government power and just wants it to be used for Republican ends rather than Democratic ends. There are enough conservatives in there to basically force him to say, we need cuts. And so that's what his plan provided was a debt ceiling increase into next year, as well as cuts to federal spending. Here is the interesting part. The meeting isn't just between Kevin McCarthy and Joe Biden. It will be all four congressional leaders. The White House is banking on the ability of Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries and Chuck Schumer 
to keep Joe Biden in line, to keep him on the talking point, which is debt, clean debt ceiling increase only. The Democrat of the White House, the handlers of the White House, are also counting on Mitch McConnell ultimately caving and telling Kevin McCarthy, look, I'm not going to be able to get it through my chamber. It's still majority Democrat. Just go ahead and go with them and we'll do something later. That's what they're counting on. But McConnell's already signaled he's in favor of McCarthy's play here. But you'll note, again, the White House handlers have made sure that all four congressional leaders are invited. They are concerned, as most of the Democrats are concerned, they're concerned that Joe Biden will cave and that Joe Biden will negotiate a debt ceiling increase that includes some some budget cuts. Sorry, I've run out of energy for the day. How I'm still here and talking is beyond me. But I am here. The Democratic Party does not, under any circumstances, want to set the precedent that it's okay to tie a debt ceiling increase to budget cuts. They want to continue being able to push the debt limit. They want to increase what government does for everybody else. And they don't want the idea that you can do it as well as long as there are cuts. They don't want that to be standard practice in Washington, D.C. That negatively impacts what they want to do with government. And so here we are, May 2nd. And Joe Biden has invited Kevin McCarthy and other congressional leaders, but has invited Kevin McCarthy to the White House for a meeting. That meeting will take place a week from today. The Treasury, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, has said, we're going to run out of money by early June. That puts more pressure not on the Republicans. The Republicans have nothing to lose here. I explained this before, but the Republicans have nothing to lose. They understand that they are going to be presented as the villains no matter what. So why not try to get something out of it, which they're going to do. They are going to get something out of this. It may not be big. It may be barely significant. But to get Joe Biden to concede on the idea that there has to be a clean debt ceiling to make Joe Biden say, well, we can't get that. We'll negotiate That in and of itself is a victory, and that undermines what the Democrats have been pushing for. They have been pushing for an election in 2024 based on the idea that the Republicans are extremist terrorists and that there is no negotiating with them, that they must be thoroughly defeated and run out of town. And to negotiate with the Republican Party on this issue is to undermine that talking point, to undermine that campaign tactic. The Democrats don't want to undermine that. Right now, the Democrats are very much basing their entire campaign cycle in 2024, centering it around the Republican Party is too extreme. They cannot be allowed back into government no matter what. We cannot allow the Demo- of the Republican Party to gain any more power in the White House or in the Senate, and we have to take the House away from them. That is the Democratic strategy. 
They don't have accomplishments to run on. We've had three bank failures in the last two months. We're looking at two more. There are two more banks that are in trouble right now. You have inflation. You have looming recession. And the Biden administration does not have a sound economic policy. On the world stage, we are getting laughed at and our enemies continue to make moves to poke at us and we're doing nothing in retaliation. We are letting them get away with whatever they want to do. On the economic and domestic side, we're lo- or the Biden administration is losing. On the foreign side, the Biden administration is losing. And oh yeah, he's now caved and is sending 1,500 troops to the border. Even though, hey, they've said we don't have a border problem. All of a sudden, we got to send troops there. He's lost on that one. He's going to alienate his base there. This is all pretty bad news for Joe Biden. This is a sign that he is caving to the demands of the we got to get it done crowd. He is going to isolate his base. The base wants him to stand firm and not give in to these Republican ideas and these Republican demands. But if he is sending troops to the border and if he is saying, hey, we've got to we've got to negotiate with the Republicans, he's going to be alienating his base. Right now, Joe Biden has announced his reelection campaign and two other Democrats, Robert Kennedy Jr. and Marianne Williamson, are collectively getting about 30 percent in Democratic polls, not U.S. polls, Democratic polls. Democratic voters, 30 percent of Democratic voters want somebody else at minimum 30 percent. Some polls suggest more. But who is there? Who can the Democrats put in charge that will, one, fix the problems we have, and two, actually be a viable replacement to Joe Biden? Joe Biden is the only person who can keep the Democratic Party together. He is the only one. He has given in to the progressives, but he has kept the moderates on his side. He is the unifying force. He is the glue there. If he's not running... One of those other Democrats who could jump in at his place is going to be more extreme than he is. So the Democratic Party can't afford to go with somebody else. Not like they could anyway, though. There is nobody else. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, I'm going to go ahead and take this break. I'll be back in just a moment. Would love to hear from you on the phone or on the KPL app. All that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, let's jump over to the phone lines now. We've got Chris. Chris, how are you today? Doing fine, Joe. Doing fine. I appreciate the commentary this, well, this thank afternoon. You. Couple comments. Yeah. First thing is I am a Republican. The mm-hmm. second thing, I am so disappointed in our elected officials from Congress. I think Kevin ought to cancel his potential meeting with Biden mm-hmm. until Biden, he needs to come up with his own plan to reduce the debt. Just like Biden told Kevin, why should the Republicans roll over for them? I mean, if Kevin doesn't show up, what's Biden going to do? No, I, I think that's a, that's a pretty good point. On him? 
Yeah. How's that different than anything he'll blame else? It anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he'll blame it on him anyway. They're already doing that. So I wouldn't show up. You come up with a significant plan, and I'll pick it apart and tell you whether I can accept it or not accept it. Mm-hmm. And look out for the American people, the taxpayers. How about that? The American taxpayers. As as we know, there are no Democrats that are Republicans. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Republicans that are actually Democrats. Yeah. So I think we need to show a force and not roll over. I don't disagree with you. Now, my, my thing here is, as, as I was saying earlier, you know, at this point, in, at this point in the fight, the Democrats have, I mean, the Republicans have essentially already won a pretty big fight. I mean, they, they've shown, they, they called the Democrats bluff and put up a plan. The Democrats basically have to negotiate on this because if they don't, a collapse of the debt ceiling, you know, blowing through the debt ceiling is going to reflect badly on the Democrats because the Republicans now have a plan. If you're trying to paint the Dem- the Republicans as being too extreme and they have a plan you're not negotiating, all of a sudden that flips on you. So the, the Republicans already have a bit of a victory here. I absolutely agree. I I don't want there to be a bill that has any debt ceiling increase. I want there to be drastic cuts. I want there to be creative destruction of the budget. I want there to be a lot of reining in of the government spending and government power. But if we're going to try to move the football down the field, this may not be the worst way to go about it. I don't think the general public is concerned about the debt ceiling. They're not concerned if we don't raise it that something's going to happen. I don't think the general public, you know, the general public is too concerned about trying to make a living and pay the bills. Oh, absolutely. No, what it's, goes on in Washington is above most people's head. So that's why I think let it let it fold. Yeah. Don't raise the limit. Let it collapse. And you know whose uh, administration is going to follow? It's going to follow Biden. He can't blame it on the Republicans. It's yeah. on him. It happened during his administration. So I don't see why we want to negotiate on anything. Mm-hmm. Kind of like some of the committees yeah. that were going through there. No Republicans were allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just the way it needs to be. Yeah. There's no reaching across the aisle. There is for the Republicans, and there is for the Democrats if you say what I want you to say. Right. And and our well, interests don't I, get— I think we, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Our interest does not get served. Yeah. That's right. No, and, and you know, the, you're right, Chris. Absolutely. Thank you very much for the call. Chris, you're absolutely right. Thank you. In that the, the Democrats don't—the uh, Democrats— they're not catering to our needs as the American as American voters. The Republican Party, frankly, doesn't do it all that much either. They do a better job of it right now. But the Democrats are catering to the needs of Wall Street. They're catering to the needs of the corporate billionaires. And as a result, they're listening to Wall Street panic about the debt limit. So they think they have they, they, they think that they're that it's going to be a big economic disaster. You and I aren't worried about it. And there's really not going to be that big of an economic disaster. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, we're going to take this bottom of the hour news break. I'll get to your messages on the app chat as well. Send one if you want to through the KPL app. More on the way here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the program. Or you can contact me via the KPL app chat. Very easy to do.
y'all, I I wrote about the drag performer who I, I wrote about the drag performer who was who who's, who was sitting before the uh the legislature, the state legislature the other day. Um the drag performer goes by the stage name Big Gay Baby. Last week appeared in drag in a in in painted blue faced. Apparently apparently Big Gay Baby was back today. I need to know. I need to know who keeps inviting Big Gay Baby back. I'm trans. I am a Big Gay Baby. My pronouns are they, them. What are yours? I'm so happy that I'm speaking right after you. That was so beautiful. So, vote no on HB 463. Full stop. First of all, if you come into a committee hearing, and you start out like this. I'm trans. I am a big gay baby. That's it. Committee hearing's over. If you introduce yourself as big gay baby, I'm, 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 I'm not paying attention to anything else in that. And that doesn't sound very professional. That doesn't sound very nice of me. I'm sorry. If you, as a trans person, want to speak before the legislator or a legislative committee... I'm all for it. I am perfectly happy for you to sit before the committee and tell me why you think this bill is erasing you and who you are. If you are a drag performer who shows up in purple face paint today, unlike the blue face paint from last week, and you introduce yourself as Big Gay Baby, who is here today dressed before you in drag your your time is is over you're not paying the proper respect to the process as it stands that sounds mean that sounds like censorship sounds like a public meetings vi- policy violation you can speak i'm not listening to a word beyond i'm a big gay baby That's it. Your contribution to my rationale is over. There are plenty of great people who are trans. There are plenty of great people who are gay, lesbian, bisexual, gender, queer, gender fluid, pansexual, trans, whatever. There are plenty of great people out there. And I am far more liberal than I think a lot of y'all listening to me on the subject of LGBT and LGBT rights. A legislative body is a formal body where the business of the state is conducted. If you cannot come up there without the face paint, with, without being in character, if you cannot do that, if you cannot come before us and state your name and state why you're there, without introducing the character and being part of that character, I'm sorry, nothing you say beyond that point is relevant. My pronouns are they, them. What are yours? 
I'm so happy that I'm speaking right after you. That was so beautiful. So vote no on HB 463, full stop. When I testified last week, there was a child listening outside in the hallway who was overjoyed to see that we were in the same t-shirt, which read trans rights are human rights. That made me cry tears of joy. Somehow amidst the pain of a committee of legislators telling kids that they don't matter, I felt joy. The legislative committee did not tell trans kids that they don't matter at any point. The committee is talking about sexual discussions in the classroom. Those discussions don't belong there. I understand that it can be very difficult when something does not go your way that you feel personally attacked. I get it. There is no reason for a grown adult to discuss their sexual attractions with a child. There is no reason for a grown adult to discuss their sexual proclivities in front of a child. And there is certainly no place in a classroom for a grown adult to tell a child you can be whatever you want to be. If you're a boy, you can be a girl. If you're a girl, you can be a boy. If you want to be gender fluid and be, be attracted to whatever you want, if you don't want to be constrained to a single boyfriend or girlfriend, go for it. Be free. Be happy. There is no reason for a teacher to be able to tell that to a child in a school classroom, especially because it's not part of any curriculum out there. And there's nothing in the law that bars a curriculum from talking about a historical person who was gay or lesbian or trans or whatever. Nothing in the law, but there's no erasure there. The only thing that that law does is says, hey, a grown person cannot talk to a child about their sexuality because it is not that teacher's place. It is not the teacher's responsibility to have that conversation with that child. If the child approaches the teacher and says, I believe I'm this, my pronouns are such and such, I wish for you to call me by this name. That, too, is different. And I've had multiple of those conversations. But I've never once talked to a student about how they got to those feelings, why they're right, why they're wrong, anything like that. Because that's not an appropriate conversation to have, let's all say it together, with a child. It is inappropriate. It is not something that should happen in a school. And I damn sure don't need big gay baby in full drag and face paint appearing before the, a legislative committee conducting the business of the state to address a legislative body in character to whine about something that isn't there. There is no trans erasure in any of these bills. By the way, 
Today, Big Gay Baby was not talking about trans erasure in the classroom. Big Gay Baby was there to defend pediatric gender changes, hormone therapy, sex reassignment surgery, what the media will call gender-affirming care. Gender-affirming care, by the way, is something that European nations are saying, hey, wait a minute, the research that supports this is crazy. We can't confirm any of the research. We don't think that it is actually benefiting kids. We're putting a pause on Europe, which is far more progressive than the U.S., is saying slow your roll, and yet we are full steam ahead. Because the people in power in the Democratic Party are going to listen to Big Gay Baby over the actual experts. The party that tells us all that that we're not listening to the experts. It's the party of science, the party of experts. They don't want us to listen to the experts who say, yeah, we can't verify this is actually good for kids. No, ignore that because that's, that's, that's not what we're about. We're about affirming these kids. Big Gay Baby is there in drag and purple face paint and a wig to tell the state legislature, my name is Big Gay Baby, I am trans, and I think that you should support uh, uh, genital mutilation in kids. That's what it is. That's what it is. Again, you come before this legislative body Hello, I am a trans person. I believe that you are making a mistake with this bill. I believe that this research shows that this is the best way for us to help our kids, kids who have gender dysphoria, kids who are unable to deal with being in the wrong body, that this being able to allow this is something that will help them heal. I will listen to that argument. I may not agree with it, but I will listen to that argument. I'm not going to listen to Big Gay Baby tell me that I'm erasing trans kids by wanting to stop doctors from prescribing them hormone treatment and sex reassignment surgery as part of the healing process because they have gender dysphoria. When they are minors, they are not fully developed and they don't know yet. I've tried very hard not to be a radical. And it's bothering me. It's bothering me that I'm now going to be portrayed as the radical because the radicals in face paint are showing up and calling me radical. The people who are showing up in costume and face paint in character and accuse the legislature of doing things that they are not doing by plain reading of the bill, that person will consider somebody like me, somebody who is very open and receptive to LGBT kids and their issues, I'm now the extremist. Something's messed up about that. Because once again, it is... Big Gay Baby, and all those that come in and push for things like child sex reassignment surgery and push for child hormone therapy 
for gender dysphoria, things that are unproven scientifically. They come in and they push for it and they push for it and they push for it and they push for it. And then when we say, wait, no, kids aren't developed enough to really know this. Kids aren't really fully developed enough to understand what they're doing if they go through with this. That makes me, the relative moderate on LGBT issues, that makes me the extremist. That makes me the culture warrior. It's a very strange world we're living in when that is considered the norm, that people who are pushing for sexual reassignment surgery of children and me being opposed to that is the extreme point of view. That's not just a gentle shift in culture. That is an extreme shift in culture that nobody was asking for until all of a sudden somebody said, I don't think this is a good idea. And now it's being pushed because it's the politics of the 180. That's where we, we, are, we have the politics of the 180, where if somebody you don't like takes up a position, you can't just disagree with them. You have to take the exact opposite position. It's not just, I think you're being a little extreme here. It's, you're the extremist. I want to push for more gender reassignment surgery of children. That's not right. If you want to approach the legislature about the issue, do it in a nice, respectful, calm manner. Don't be a character. And then have the audacity to call people like me the extremist. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, let's take this break. We'll be back here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, just got a couple minutes left. Let's squeeze in a couple of phone calls. First up, we've got Terry. Terry, how are you this afternoon? I'm fine to be in you, sir. I'm doing pretty good. What you want to talk about? I was listening to your conversation about this. Something uh, with that word, uh, transition stuff. I think everybody needs to mind their own business. and It's up to the parents to do what they want with their kids. Okay. It's not up to no political view and all that. Political view need to stay out of this mess. And let a parent decide if they want their kids to go through this surgery or not. And mind your own business. I'd like that the world would be a better place to live in if everybody stopped. Stop minding other people's business and mind your own business. I don't disagree with that sentiment at all. I, I think that we that need... right, man. Everything is politicized now. Yeah. You look on TV, everything is politicized. It is, it is ridiculous, man. Yeah. What about them groceries prices they got out there? Politicize that. Talk about that, man. All right, Terry. Let's not talk about whatever. If a parent want to let their child be, be whatever they want, let them be that. So help you, God. Let them be that. All right, Terry. Thank you very much for the call. And again, I don't disagree with the sentiment of let it be up to the parents. The fight right now is over whether or not schools can undermine the parents. I think that's a, a pretty important part of this. And, okay, well, we had another caller on the line, um, lost him. But Terry's not wrong in that politics is getting involved in the family too much. It's a, very, it's a libertarian point of view. Terry's not wrong in that regard. Where Terry and I are going to disagree 
is whether or not allowing this practice is in the best interest of the child. Medicine is performed with the understanding that what it is attempting to do is in the best interest of the child. And it is a firmly regulated industry because of that. And so the fight over the transition, no, I'm, I'm, I have no problem with a parent deciding with a, with, with a parent being okay with their child being trans. I've got no problem with that. But if the parent and the doctor are pushing for something that is not medically proven to actually help kids in, in that particular need, that I would have a problem with because a regulated industry like medicine pushing for something like that is an issue. That's it for me for today. 23 hours into, well, I say that. I will be back on Acadiana's Morning News in the morning with Mark Pope, but my show returns in 23 hours. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, email Joe at RedState.com. The podcast version of the show will be up in just a couple minutes, JoeCunninghamShow.substack.com. You guys have a great day. I'll be back again real soon. Shannon is offsides with Old School Nerd next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.